1: Welcome to Zero Pucks Given, the UK ice hockey podcast. We're in partnership with the Hockey Art Co, hockey clothing for hockey people. And listeners to Zero Pucks Given get a 10% discount on everything site-wide at hockeyartclothing.co.uk. So go and have a check out of the stuff on there. Right then, this is episode 62. This is our episode where we've got a guest. And this week we are dropping in with Solent Devils D-man, Big Joe Llewellyn. Mm -hmm. Zero pucks given in partnership with the Hockey Art Co. We present Solent Devils D-Man, Joe Llewellyn. How are you doing, fella?
0: I'm not too bad. How's yourself?
1: I'm very well. Probably not as well as you, though. Massive four-point weekend for the Devils.
0: Yes, it was huge getting a big win over Chelmsford, and then obviously going to MK and getting a nice little ego boost there was quite nice.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I love the videos that Alex posts on his Instagram of of the room after you guys win. (laughs) I bet it was, especially Saturday night, I bet it was bouncing
0: oh it was electric honestly like uh Coley, such a good guy like he does bring a lot of kind of hype and pump to the room it's brilliant
1: yeah cuz you you've got quite a sort of a, a broad like range of ages and experience across the team um but i suppose that does it quite good doesn't it
0: it's nice cuz we've got the uh we've got like the experience and all that of drew Muzz, like the older guys and then we've got the new guys the young guys like myself kane Coleman, he's quite young as well, so it's a nice little balance. Mm. Yeah, I think I,
1: well, I actually only found out I think yesterday Drew's actually the oldest player in the NIHL.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, I think he might be. He's an old he's an old boy. He is yeah, an he, old boy.
1: He got his three hundredth game up for Solent this weekend and um and now we've all outed him as the oldest guy in the NIHL.
0: <laughs> we all thought he'd played so much more games than he had. <laughs>
1: Probably a little bit of time off with injury as you start getting older it starts taking longer to recover from stuff.
0: Oh, exactly. Which the messages he sent into the group channel on Monday morning after a doubleheader weekend is hilarious.
1: <laughs> barely barely sort of like lift the hand up to type on the phone type thing.
0: <laughs> Yeah, poor guy. Well arthritis and everything.
1: So yeah, it's your your first season down in Solent, so you're you're finding it okay.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm really enjoying that down in Solent. It's weird because Solent's one of those teams that everybody hates, but then as soon as you join them, it's just like you don't understand why everybody hates them.
1: No, is it is just the rink I suppose, isn't it? I think not. I can't think of one player who says it's their favorite rink. It's, prob- <laughs> it's probably not a Solent player.
0: Yeah, you'd find it hard to find somebody that says Solent's their favorite rink. Yeah.
1: But I suppose if it's your home, you learn to love it.
0: It's yeah, it's completely different from obviously training there in the summer and now obviously playing there. It's you you feel about it a lot differently than as an away player, a hundred percent.
1: No, I I did it from. A, I spoke to a few of the chieftains lads uh, Sunday night. That the obviously the surface is never perfect down there, but it was it was a bit wet on Saturday
0: night. It was a bit wet and it got kind of chopped up very easily, which was a little bit unfortunate. But I think it worked in our favour a little bit.
1: Yeah. I'd, I mean, I've always said to Mazza, like, you should you should never lose a home game, really, because that place is such a weapon for you.
0: It is, but the only problem is it's a weapon for us and also a weapon against us sometimes.
1: Mm. But and as, and as well, I mean, a, a big guy like you, you're probably, what, two, three strides you're full length?
0: <laughs> Pretty much. Like, it's yeah. nice to go from net front to corners. I get there in about three seconds. It's yeah. perfect.
1: I mean, I think that's where I spoke to Bailey Chittock last year when he was at Chelmsford. He, he actually said he enjoyed Solent because he, it was the least he had to move.
0: Oh, it's perfect. After playing in Solomon on Saturday and then going all the way to MK where it's a massive ice pad it was horrible. Mm,
1: I think that's probably the smallest and the largest in our league, isn't it? So to go from one to yeah. the other like that.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a big difference.
1: So let's let's uh, go back to sort of where you started then, because as I said, I mean I know you're a, you're sort of into your personal training and a bit of weightlifting as well. So you're a big athletic lad, so you probably had a, a fair bit of choice when it comes to which sport to play. So what so what made you settle on
0: ice hockey? Oh, God, that's going back years now um, I went going back years skating. you're only
1: 21 you're, you're half my age oh
0: yeah but I started <laughs> playing I was what nine <laughs> god that's ages ago now I'm testing my memory I went public skating with a couple of friends and I remember absolutely hating it like holding onto the barrier and not wanting to let go at all and then the same evening we went and watched a Wildcats game and just kind of like fell in love with it from there and then me and my uh, older brother we went down to Oxford to start
1: and that and that was your start was it
0: yeah we went to um, Oxford I think I joined under 10s he joined under 12s and then yeah that was it been kind of playing ever since
1: uh, has it always been D for you or did you, do you fancy a little bit of a uh, little bit of goal scoring every now and again
0: uh, I've played a little bit everywhere when I was young I played goalie originally so oh, I really? started as D and then I went in goal. yeah then I played a little bit of forward, but then once I got a little bit older, I kind of just settled on to D, you know, because the size, the reach, everything just kind of helped me out.
1: Yeah, and I know when when play, people will look at players in the in the Britain division and they'll look down their elite prospects and sort of see where they've been, because there's a lot that sort of float around certain areas of clubs. You've got the, um, I'm gonna, I hope I'm going to pronounce it right, the Okanagan Hockey Academy.
0: Yeah, so the Okanagan Hockey Academy. Okanagan. There we go. So what, what what's that all about? So that was a amazing setup. Uh, I joined when Ryan Aldridge was the head coach, but me and my family have been a part of it since it started. We housed a couple of the uh, kids that were on the first team. It was like this professional kind of elite setup. You know, you train every morning, go to the gym every evening. They do all the schooling, buses, everything. It was yeah, it was great.
1: So is that kind of like a a hockey camp for kids to come here and do?
0: Yeah, so not necessarily a camp. We were a team in the league and everything like that. We, uh I'm trying to think, yeah, started 2012, I think it started. But yeah, so kids would move from all over the country to come and play with us, and then we'd get put up in houses and things like that. I'm quite lucky, obviously. My parents live in Swindon, so I was nice and close.
1: Yeah. Right. And then there's, we... a, there's a little bit on there in, in Sweden.
0: Yeah. Or did you have a little so,
1: session out there?
0: Yeah, so after I finished... Uh, my last scene of OHA and I was I was talking to Aaron now about whether to um go to like, play for him in the Cats or go across to Sweden and I, yeah I settled on Sweden because I wanted to play a little bit more kind of junior hockey and experience a little bit of a different lifestyle
1: Yeah, how was that over there?
0: Oh, it's by far the best time of my life Yeah, yeah I living know over there Darcy
1: Flanagan spoke very highly of it when he was on here
0: Yeah, so I was over there in the J20 div one, and then I got the chance to train with the hockey Etan team, which was again amazing. Those guys are just a different level. Made me look like a twelve-year-old girl. <laughs> but yeah, it was amazing. I was over there with a another English goalie from up north. His name was Will Bray. Me and him had a great time. It was nice to have another kind of English guy there.
1: Yeah, because I suppose I mean one surely has got to be a language barrier, but the. Uh... Just the general lifestyle, I suppose, if you if you're just kind of there on your own?
0: Yeah, so we were there on our own. It used to be train in the morning, like before the other kids went to school, and then I'd go back to my apartment, go get food. I would go over to the school over there in for one hour a day and learn Swedish.
1: That so, was it um and was then it COVID it, that brought that to an end?
0: Yeah, we train in the evening and that would be it.
1: Was it was it COVID that brought and that to the an month-
0: end? Yeah. So I came back for Christmas and then when I wanted to go back, Sweden had shut all their borders. So it was just, yeah, it was unfortunate timing.
1: Yeah. What did you, what did you do during that, that downtime?
0: What, the COVID time? Yeah. Um, Not much. Uh, A lot of kind of training and gym work really. Is that, quite,
1: so is that where your kind of, your quite, love for it came from? Having that bit of time to do it and focus on it.
0: No, my love for it came from when I played an OHA, we had a PT called Pierre, uh, a gym called Battleground in Swindon, and he was a hard ass. <laughs> he used to abuse us in the best way possible every kind of Tuesday, we, Wednesday we morning. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was probably the only person in the team that enjoyed it. <laughs> so after that then yeah, that's kind of where my love for exercise, workout and kind of PT came from.
1: Yeah I I've, I've always said to anybody cuz going in the gym is hard it is hard <laughs> but if you're lucky enough to enjoy it it then it becomes a little bit easier and then it's it's, it's the diet that's hard
0: Oh yeah training <laughs> is amazing diet suck
1: But what would your like so let's say let's take a game day for you what how does your game day look then with training and eating and preparing yourself
0: Uh, It kind of depends what time the game is. If it's a home game in Solent, we usually start around 5. So I'll wake up. I'll go to work in the morning because I have two clients from 9 till 11. And then I'll eat after that. I usually kind of have a big lunch. Usually, well, at the moment it's been Mexican food, so like burritos and things like that. And then I'll get myself all suited and booted and drive down to the game. But apart from that, I won't eat. Really? Really? Yeah, I don't like feeling the latest or I'll eat is like five hours before the game. Otherwise, I feel like super heavy and bloated. And it's just, yeah, I feel like I play kind of slow.
1: Well, did you, Are we going on the speed of it, we all know that there's a, that's the main difference really between like the Britain division and up to the national division. Um, You were with Bristol yeah. still when they made that transition. And I know you kind of went half and half with, with Oxford City Stars in their first season. But how was, how did you find that yeah. change? Did, did the club change? its ethos? Did it become sort of more professional as it stepped up?
0: Um, I think it tried to be. I think they tried to push a lot more of the professionalism and it worked for some guys, some guys it didn't. Mm. But I enjoyed it. I thought the step up to the National League was great. I think it's what the club needed. It's just to deal with disappointment that they haven't performed at that level.
1: I mean, I think from a lot of the guys I've spoken to that are, are now playing in the Britain that have come down from the National yeah. You say it's, it's almost like the, the level of commitment is a little bit too much for what they're able to give. Yeah. Where, where the, the Britain can be a bit more flexible. With,
0: yeah. The problem with the national is they obviously, they train two, three times a week, games both weekends and long away days. You have to have a job on the side as well. And most guys just kind of can't commit to that with the money that the national teams pay them. Yeah. Which yeah. it does suck because a lot of young British talent, especially, gets lost in that kind of N I H L one because they have to make money to live, but then they also want to play hockey as a career. So.
1: Yeah, it's I think it's kind of floating in that really uncomfortable balance, isn't it? Where you know the money isn't quite there to offer enough for it to be their job, and do I know it was a criticism actually of, of the Belfast Giants because they took Petacek over there as injury yeah. cover. And I think a lot of UK hockey fans kicked off and said, well, look at all these British netties that we've got in the national and the national one. Why couldn't you have given them that opportunity? But then I think no, exactly. a few people did kind of point out well, he is able to just drop life for two, three weeks and go and move over there.
0: Yeah, so, that's yeah. what um, I was thinking, because me and one of the Oxford players, Aaron Moody, we live together. Yeah. So uh, I was speaking to him about it. And he was just like, oh, yeah, no one else can just kind of drop everything and just be like, okay, I'm going to go play Elite League for a couple of weeks and it'd be all good.
1: Yeah, because you literally like, say you've got to go to work.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, people can't take three weeks holiday in a row and then, like, yeah. still have a job waiting for them.
1: Yeah, I think they they got some, I think the stick was unfair they got for that because it's, but that's then finding the balance, isn't it, of, of having to earn enough money to to live. And and it's not a cheap sport either. If you start needing to replace your equipment yeah. and stuff
0: exactly if you're if you're in an unfortunate position where you don't have sponsors or a team that's willing to pay for your kit it can be a it can be a deep hole Mm. because yeah it's expensive stuff
1: have you been lucky enough to have any sort of sponsorship or deals to sort of help you out
0: yeah so i'm quite fortunate in the fact that i kind of haven't had to pay for much equipment since since oha so i've been quite fortunate with companies that my parents' company kind of helped me out a little bit as well, which is quite nice. Mm. But then Teams and other sponsors have also done their bit, which is real good.
1: Yeah, excellent stuff. What's the – um? obviously, with you travelling around your area, Solent's a little bit sort of out of the, the way, isn't it, from where you've been playing Swindon, Oxford and Bristol, with, in that like that M4 corridor.
0: Yeah, it all changed because, obviously, I was – I was speaking to obviously Simon that in the summer, and we couldn't obviously come to an agreement. So I reached out to Muzz, and he said he was happy to have me, which worked out perfectly because I took a new job in Newbury. So I go, I stay in Newbury most nights of the week, and yeah, I travel down Stone It's about 40, 50 minutes from Newbury. Yeah. So it's not too... new-
1: Newbury's kind of halfway in between, isn't it? So that's not, yeah. not a little bad place to be. As we're on Oxford, there's obviously there was a massive bit of news earlier this year that was uh, after you and Darcy Flanagan had a little altercation.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, me and Darcy.
1: And, uh, and as we all, we all know, Darcy ended up with a 10-game ban. No one could quite fathom why. It all exploded. Um, and uh, and one part of it was that came out uh, Shane Moore was on with Nicky Watt 4, and 4,000 accounting, Did some yeah. brilliant episodes re- regarding the Dobbs. Um, And Shane said that you actually contacted the EHA yourself to sort of fight Darcy's corner.
0: Yeah, so I thought the ban originally was a bit ridiculous. I thought, you know, if it would have been even five games, you would have questioned it, but you wouldn't have gone, you wouldn't have outraged. Because from the video, you can see what it looks like. But also, he hits me in the chest. Hmm. And his hands ride up afterwards, which is... You know, it's not the first point of contact. But, yeah, so I reached out to the EIHA. Shane did call me. He asked kind of what I thought and what my what the true story was that actually happened. And I told him. And he asked if I wouldn't mind putting that in an email to um the, the head of DOCS. I can't remember his name. Mike something, wasn't
1: Mike it? Mike Maidens, it was. Mike yeah, Maidens, he's, he's since resigned.
0: Yes, which I think was a rather wise decision.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I literally just this evening, I've received contact from the EIHA that they're moving in new, exciting directions Mm. and have some new strategies lined up. They've got some very experienced people in the right places later this week. I'll be speaking with Pete Wynn, who's just become the coaching general manager.
0: Yeah. I did see that Pete Wynn had uh, gotten that role, which I'm quite excited about. I think Pete's a good guy.
1: Yeah. I think certainly getting experienced people within the, uh, the internal roles of the organization will certainly help it. But I mean, I, do correct me if I'm wrong. Am I led to believe they threatened with charging you with bringing the game to disrepute for contacting them yeah. regarding the incident?
0: They um they did mention something about it, but never to me directly. I think oh, really? it all yeah. So I never got direct like information about that. I heard it through Shane and through um, the four thousand accounting the same as everyone else did, which I was kind of shocked about. I thought that if you know if they're gonna bring charges against me, I'd at least like to know from them myself. Yeah, but. That's
1: really quite strange it
0: It is (laughs) yeah i have received maybe three or four emails between myself and mike and that was it nothing about charges or bringing the game into dispute or anything like that
1: no and um and but i mean darcy told me that the two of you have now you've spoken as well yeah um over message and whatnot um do you think that i think that ding dong probably needs revisiting doesn't it at some point
0: um Probably yeah. Like we spoke on we, we we spoke on messages and you know he he kind of thanked me for what I've my part in it and I just kind of said you know boys are here to play hockey. It's a short season and if someone's got ten games, that's a third of their season gone. Yeah. Like yeah. he's when a younger. An input,
1: yeah. yeah. When an import, they're going to look at it. You now, other Aussie guys. I mean, I, I think he did speak to um Sander Wardlaw, who was at Oxford yeah. uh, the year that you were there. Now, if other Aussie guys say to Darcy Flanagan, oh, should have gone and play in England? He's, he's going to say no. You get banned for like a third of the season for doing nothing.
0: Exactly, yeah. And that's that's kind of what I thought it was. It's just, it's not fair for those guys to travel halfway around the world and then only play two-thirds of the season. Like, yeah, for something that's not deserved.
1: No, well, I mean, everyone, myself included, and I know Nicky at 4,000 Karen and counting, Shane just thought that showed the, the mark of the man that you are and thought that was an incredibly magnanimous thing to do.
0: Oh, yeah. It's it's just the it's just the right thing to do. Like I've I've got no kind of begrudges against him whatsoever. No.
1: Do you think that hockey probably falls under the same banner, doesn't it, as rugby of the uh, the hooligan sport played by gentlemen?
0: Yeah. What? Well, yeah. It's a thugs game played by gentlemen. Yeah.
1: But from your uh, your experience, in it, more thugs or more gentlemen?
0: Uh, depends who you're playing. <laughs> certain teams typically ones in the top of our table at the moment are uh, rather thug like whereas everyone else is usually pretty good do you think but that's, then
1: do you think that's in, like a uh, it's like an element that's needed isn't it to actually to win things
0: yeah you've got to have that edge you've got to have that toughness and some teams in the league they've got that age on their side where the game was different when those guys were playing in higher leagues And they've kind of carried on that play into the modern game, which, you know, it is what it is. Mm. We've got to deal with it. We've got to find the best way around it.
1: And I mean, that's that's going actually quite well. So season, because you you didn't have a two game weekend for weeks on end.
0: Oh, God, yeah. You
1: you seem to struggle to get any rhythm
0: going. Yeah, we always speak about the train, getting the train moving. And when you have one game weekend, it's pretty much impossible because if you lose one, you don't have a chance to rectify it until the following week.
1: No, and, and as you said, after getting the result against Chelmsford Saturday, and then, I mean, you can never say, oh, you know, the going to Milton Keynes is just going to win easy. Because in all fairness, I mean, you could turn up there and they could have five of the Lightning guys in there and it can make it quite hard for you.
0: Yep. Yeah. But,
1: yeah, so to go there, though, on the back of a great victory with a bit of confidence, that probably sort of did you guys quite well.
0: I think so massively, because we were we were riding so high after that Chelmsford win, because obviously we, we dropped two to Chelmsford. And it was important for us to at least take a couple points off them out of the four games we play. Mm. And then going into Milton Keynes, it was, yeah, we just kind of needed to steamroll through them and keep the ego going.
1: Yeah. Well, you had Chelsea's number last year. I think you won all four.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so Which was, it was good.
1: But, yeah, the, um, I think the, the cup is still there for you as well, isn't it? I think the cup semi-final. There's one, one place left. I think it's going to be yeah. between yourselves and Invicta.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I think we've got to take whenever we next play in Victor, we've got to take that game, and then we've got to take the cup game as well because mm. we've got to get some kind of silverware this year.
1: I was going to say, is that the is that the aim this year? Because it was, I mean, obviously they made the playoff finals last year, and and after speaking to Mother I know they were upset because they just didn't really turn up for at least for the first thirty seconds of it, and then found it almost beyond their reach.
0: Yeah, from what I heard about the finals last year was, yeah, it was just kind of not turning up or turning up too late. Hmm. And this year, I'm kind of determined for it not to be the case. Like just me personally, I want to get to the playoff finals and I want to win some silverware at the Final Four weekend. Well, were you, were you in know...
1: the um, were you in the Bristol team from the Chelmsford semi-final the year before? Yeah. Yeah, so going out that way has got to put a bit of fire in the belly, hasn't it?
0: It does. It it does. That that weekend was mortifying to come back like we did and then not actually get the win was it was horrible. Yeah, that one really stung for the at least the whole of the next season.
1: Yeah. yeah well obviously I'm a champs fan, I saw it slightly differently, but Yeah, I know you did. <laughs> but no, just incredible drama. And then we had it the in the following year as well with the Slough in Victor semi final that was just it was it was virtually identical. The way yeah. it went down, it was it was crazy, but yeah, that second semi final at the playoffs, it seems to have some sort of
0: curse over it. But man, um, it does. It just seems to be ridiculously close.
1: So a lot of the guys that that are playing are into golf. Are you into golf at all?
0: Uh, I am a big golfer. Yeah. 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 it doesn't help. Um, yeah, I'm handicapped. I play off of God on a good day. Probably like 10 on a bad day. Could be like 18, 19,
1: 20. <laughs> Depend where you're playing and what the weather's like.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Uh, my brother's a professional golfer, so he kind of helps out as well.
1: Excellent stuff. That does always help, always help. As I say, I need to actually desperately <laughs> yeah, I find
0: keep out. Playing.
1: Yeah, I need to desperately find out when the playoff finals actually is this week because I'm booked on a golf weekend on the 12th of April. and I, if, that cl- <laughs> if that clashes, I'm going to be really <laughs> upset. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's poor timing, right there.
1: Oh, it is. It is. When I was told about it, I was like, Oh, I'm not sure. That sounds like playoff time. I'm not sure.
0: Which but, one are you canceling—the playoff weekend or the golf trip? Oh,
1: think, <laughs> oh it depends who's listening. Is that now? I've stepped in for a mate on like a Ryder Cup style competition between like 24
0: blokes. Oh and Jesus, it's so it like,
1: Yeah, it's a three-day. I think it sounds like a three-day bender with playing golf in the middle of it. So I don't think I can handle that. The, the playoffs nearly killed me last year.
0: I was going to say, yeah, three days is too much for me. I managed two days at the playoff weekend back in Bristol, but God, that's too much. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I'm, I'm too re- old for that. I'm really old now. I can't recover from anything anymore. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, You said obviously like silverware then is the uh, is the main aim for Solent for this year. Personally, have you got sort of any ambitions for the rest of the season?
0: Um, I'm not really kind of personally motivated. I'd rather have a kind of mediocre season myself, but the team do well, than have a great season but the team suck. Yeah, I'm I'm very much kind of like that. I don't really care how I play as long as the team does well.
1: Yeah, the team guy. That's a great. That's a great mantra. Yeah, it's it's not about me. Well, this has been all about you, and it's it's been fantastic. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me, mate. I've really enjoyed chatting and no, talking no your hockey no career. Um, and yeah, good luck for the rest of the season with Solent and I will catch up with you at some point in the future.
0: Ah, thank you very much.
1: Good man. Big Joe Llewellyn. Thank you very much, mate. Cheers. massive thank you to joe for joining me on the podcast There, always great to hear the stories of of lads that have played all over the country and and you know popped abroad as well really does give them a sort of broader experience and especially such a young lad i'm sure that will do him well as he moves forward in his career Uh, right later this week we'll have another special episode coming out as we've uh, we've gone wnihl and we've caught up with the guys from the cambridge kodiaks brand new team in the wnihl 2 this year and they've had a fantastic start Quite a few victories, a couple of shutouts, and they're they're getting a good crowd in there at Cambridge as well. So we'll be catching up with uh, George, the, uh, the coach, and Christina, the captain as well, later this week from the Cambridge Kodiaks. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll catch you next time.
0: Podcast Network.